Hello, this is Elijah Ward, and I'm excited to bring you another podcast. I've continually brought back to being reminded of the most important message that the Lord has been driving deeper in my heart over the last couple years. I'd spent the morning um, in a couple business meetings. I'm actually right now sitting in my car. I just left a business meeting, and the meeting turned into a discussion um, about some some amazing things. And uh, I found myself saying in that discussion um, that Yahweh has done so much in my heart over the last 10 years. Um, he has brought me into more revelation than I can even count. I have filled more pages of notes than I could ever successfully <laughs> recount or review even in a, in a single teaching. He's, he has shown me so much. He has revealed so many mysteries to me. He's given me so much to discover about who he is and about who I am. I've mined out secrets and mysteries from within the scriptures that carried me into secrets and mysteries within heavenly encounters. And there's been so much that I could go on and on about that I'm so grateful for having walked through. I'm so thankful that he's revealed himself to me in the ways that he has. But there's one... One topic I could never, ever stop talking about that I'll never stop thinking about, and that topic is Jesus. Yeshua is the most captivating person in my life. There's a song, um, I believe the song is called Holy, by a guy named Chris Burns. He's a worshiper. Uh, been listening to his music for a few years, but he has a line in a song that says, Angels throughout the heavens. Angels have seen every corner of the universe. They've seen every dimension of the heavenly realms. And, and even still, after having seen the most fascinating things to see in all of creation... They're still only captivated by one man. They're captivated by Yeshua. And um, I find myself, as you can tell, it's, it makes me tender. It, it, it really tenderizes my heart. And brings me to tears. So much so that I have <laughs> I have trouble even recording a single podcast. But it brings me to a place of absolute childlike wonder. When I dwell on the beauty of Jesus. And I want to share about one of the things that has been sitting in my heart for months. I've shared with many people. I've sent 
messages to those who reach out to me for just spiritual guidance. I have friends that I talk to often about just sharing revelation knowledge with them and in a way that's applicable in their life and their situation. Because ultimately, if what we believe, if the spiritual treasure of what the Father has given us can't apply to our life practically, into our situations, our daily life, our marriages, our family, our careers, if it's not powerful enough to transform our real world that we live in each day, we need to really step back and reassess what it is we're doing in a spiritual sense. So I've got many friends that I speak to and I've recorded podcasts and I've done teachings about this, I'm sure, but the revelation of who God is can only be discovered exclusively in Jesus. And this is something that I've been taught over the last year and a half, week after week at our church, which is now called the Homestead Mobile. There's a powerful leader in the house named Damon Thompson. I'd encourage you to listen to his podcast on um, on whatever platform you use, Damon Thompson Ministries. But he reinforces this, and his teachings have changed my life. Many, many people's teachings have. Aaron Smith changed my life. Teresa Bowen changed my life. Ian and Grant and Sam, Marios and Stevie changed my life. And now Damon Thompson, and what comes out of his heart and his pursuit of who God is, has changed my life. And... uh Several months ago, the Lord called me into John chapter 8, the first 10 verses, which actually, when you read into some footnotes in, in some translations, at least in my English Standard Translation of Scripture, um, I know the Passion Translation, Dr. Simmons has a footnote in John chapter 8, the first 10 or 11 verses, um, can't be found in some early manuscripts of Scripture. And it's been told... Um, that St. Augustine had a, um, had a passion to make sure that that portion of Scripture was included in many early manuscripts. It was People were trying to remove it because they couldn't bring themselves to believe that the God of the Old Testament incarnated into who Jesus is would actually look into the eyes of an adulterous woman. And say something like, are there any people here who remain that would accuse you? And she said, no, Lord. And he said, neither do I. Go now and sin no more. They struggled to believe that God would be so good that he would look into the eyes of an adulterous woman with compassion. That he would be so good that he could put on display a measure of extravagant grace that would then be followed with a call to extravagant righteousness. And so St. Augustine fought to keep that portion of Scripture in the Bible um, 
because religious people had a problem with God being so good. And in John chapter 8, Jesus is teaching in the temple. And religious Pharisees and scribes, people who've been studying the Torah and the prophets their entire life, who knew it up and down, who had an a scholastic understanding of who the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob really was as it relates to human terms and human understanding and the human ability to record and to chronicle the history of God's interaction with mankind. These people who knew him better than anyone else in a scholastic sense brought an adulterous woman to Jesus and threw her at his feet and demanded that the law of Moses be upheld. They said, the law of Moses commands us to stone this woman. And that's when Jesus asked a question or may actually made a statement and said, how about this? The one among you who's without sin, you be the first one to cast a stone at her. And it scatters all the accusers. And the Lord made me sit in this passage for weeks. And he made me dwell on this passage of scripture for weeks when he was in the process of unfolding revelation about who he is in order for me to grow into that revelation and to become more fully rooted in who I am. And it was, if I'm being completely honest, real real vulnerable. It was in a time where I really needed him to be real in my life. I'd learned a lot about him, but I was going through a time where I really needed him to be real. I needed the Holy Spirit to be more than a story in a book. I needed Jesus to be more than a happy, feel-good story that we talk about in church and that I teach about on podcasts. I needed him to be the powerful creator of the universe in my life. I needed to discover him for, for the real, tangible force that he is. And there was a detail that I needed to, to, to uncover in this passage, and I found it in the footnote that Dr. Simmons made about the statement that the adulterous woman makes to Jesus when she says, he asks her a question, says, Woman, are there any accusers? that remain. And her response was, no one, Lord. Or some translations say, not one, Lord. When she says Lord to him, Dr. Simmons makes a footnote about that word in the Aramaic, it's Maria. And essentially, what she's telling him, she's not calling him Lord as a landowner or Lord as a governmental position. It's not an archaic term. She was quite literally calling him Lord, Maria. Lord Yahweh in Aramaic. And it wrecked my world when I discovered in a new way, in a more, with a new revelation, with fresh perspective, with, in this passage of scripture, the truth about who Jesus is, is revealed so clearly in that one statement. When he looks at her and she responds and she doesn't say, no, Jesus, there's no one here, Jesus, or there's no one here, even son of God. 
She doesn't identify him as an aspect of who God is or as a facet of God. She doesn't identify him as a happy side of God. This is the more tolerable, this is the more loving side of God, Jesus, who comes to balance out the anger of the Father or to balance out the justice and the righteousness of the Father. This is happy God. This is the Jesus that's going to save us and somehow is different from the God who created time. She looks at him and she says, no, no one is accusing me, Yahweh. She identifies the extravagant grace that she's experiencing, not as a happy portion of who God is. She identifies him as the same God who created the heavens and the earth in the beginning. No one, Lord. And it reminds me of a a quote when I picked up a book called On the Incarnation of the Word by St. Athanasius, one of the most popular Christian books of all time next to the Bible. It is one of the best-selling Christian works of art. In the first portion of this book, the opening statements of this book, Athanasius tells a spiritual son of his that he's writing to named Macarius. He says, Macarius, true lover of Christ. And he tells him, we now need to discover the incarnation of God. And he says this, the first fact you must consider He says, the first thing you need to know about God, the very first thing, the principal revelation you need to have about God is this. He says, the renewal of the creation was wrought by the self-same word who made it in the beginning. The salvation and the renewal of creation was wrought by the self-same word who made it in the beginning. The same God who initiated creation is the same one who shows up to save it. Essentially, what he's saying is this. Jesus is God. He's not the happy side of God. He's not the happy agent of God who comes to save what God created that ended up falling. This is our Savior. He is our Creator. Jesus is the goodness and the mercy and the love of who God really is. And you cannot discover God outside the revelation of who Jesus is. That's why I now believe I have one message. I have one chief obsession. I have one primary purpose. And it's to go deeper in the revelation of who God is. And it can only be found exclusively in the life of Jesus. So I want to share this with you today. This has been a, an emotional podcast, but I feel like I cannot just give you cheap information to satisfy a 15-minute period of time. I love you too much, and I love Yahweh too much to give you anything but the most real, powerful, revelation in my mind and in my heart today. And so today, I thank Yahweh for the opportunity to share with you the the revelation that makes me come alive, and it's that Jesus is not just an agent of God, a representative of God coming to set the record straight and balance out the reputation of God 
from the Old Testament. Jesus is the incarnation of Yahweh. He is the goodness of God. He is the love of God. He's the jealousy of God. And he pursued you and me by loving us even more than his own life. And that's who God is. So thank you for tuning in with me today. I just bless you. I declare perfect peace over your mind and heart. I declare perfect peace over your marriage, over your family, over your home, over your career, over every situation and relationship in your life. I declare the perfect rest of God would be upon you and would begin to permeate every aspect of your life as much as his peace permeates your spirit. I declare that that peace would also permeate your physical body, bring you into perfect healing, that it would permeate your marriage, bring you into perfect restoration and reconciliation with your wife or your husband, would bring you into perfect standing with your children, despite what they may believe or, or how, they, how far they may have wandered. I declare that the perfect peace of God would permeate every aspect of your life in Yeshua's name. This is Elijah, and I look forward to speaking with you in a future podcast. God bless.